With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. The wait is just about over. It's officially week one of the NFL season. Chiefs-Lions on Thursday night football just days away. And college football has been far from boring. We'll put a bow on week one later (laughs) on tonight. Uh, Hope everybody, hope none of you are laboring on this Labor Day as we welcome you into the Lombardi line. Michael Lombardi out in Ocean City. I'm Stormy Bonantoni. And uh, we're one hour later than usual, Michael. This is our new time slot, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 Eastern, new time slot. Who dis? Ready to have some fun. Yeah. I mean, you get a good, you got an extra hour sleep, Stormy. I mean, you should be good, right? You I know mean, I needed it after yesterday, work. too. Feels good. Feels got to be good, right? Traffic a problem coming in, or is it, you know, pretty good? No, no traffic? No traffic. It was easy, breezy, beautiful. And, and Michael, with this being the week that we kick off everything with the NFL season, yeah. I feel like it's that time of year where whether you are a player, a coach, executive, media, a better, a fan, we're going to get into the routine, and this train isn't going to stop until February. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's what I love. I tweeted it out this morning. The, the thing people don't realize is the offseason is more chaotic. It, there's no schedule in the offseason. There's no rhyme or reason to the offseason. You know, Sunday could be the busiest day of the week because stuff's going on. Whereas in season, it's pretty much programmed. You know what you're doing Monday. You know what you're doing Friday, Saturday. It's pretty easy, and you just stick to the routine, and you become basically a robot. You just go through the week. You know what you have in front of you, and the results happen on Sunday. So I I love the season's routine. I love the structure. Yeah, and you added on that tweet as well, the next five and a half months, the best part of the year, telling everyone to enjoy that yeah. routine. And uh, I know we certainly will, especially considering in the summertime for us, it's it's talking season and things that should not be headlines end up being what we have to discuss. But we're going to have games to preview. We're going to have games to recap and discuss and digest and break down everything every single day here on the program. I'm excited uh, to set the table for what we have going on today over the next two hours. We're going to give you some of the perspective on those burning questions questions that we have for all of these teams getting set for week one in the NFL. Also, it's a step into my office day. Michael uh, is going to spit some hard truths to a number of players and executives who need it. We'll go behind the counter with our guy, Thomas Gable, director of the race and sports book at the Borgata at 1.30 Eastern. Colorado obviously was the talk of the town this weekend after their upset over TCU. What did that mean for the books moving forward? Also excited to hear from RCU grad MVP of that team that won a national championship for Colorado back in 1990. Mike Pritchard, he's our NFL analyst, and we'll get some college football thoughts from him as well, which is where we're going to start today too, Michael, in college football, because while I may not be laboring, it's never laboring when I'm with you, my friend. I am lamenting that LSU (laughs) performance last night, especially in the fourth quarter. They just gave up and quit. Yeah, I mean, it was really disappointing, especially how it ended up in the fourth. I mean, we got a 24-17 game, you know, when Travis throws the one-yard touchdown pass. And, okay, we're, you know, we're going to get back in it. And then the next thing you know, in the fourth, they just get outscored. And, you know, was that cheap touchdown late in the game? It really didn't make any difference from Jaden Daniels to Brian Thomas. So, like, seriously, they just were, they were outclassed. Uh, all the LSU talk about how good they are, and they are good. 
but their secondary was disappointing. Couldn't tackle on the first, you know, give up a long. Last thing you want to do is give up a slant for a touchdown, right? Yeah. You know, all you got to do is get the guy on the ground, make the play, and okay, they got 10 yards. But when you give up a slant, and Coleman was great. I mean, look, the Michigan State transfer was tremendous in the game, and so was Jordan Travis. He scores three touchdowns, but you got to get them on the ground. And LSU's defense did not meet. This is the second year in a row that they started out kind of sluggishly. And they didn't really make the plays in the fourth quarter. They got outscored 31-7 to in the second half, Stormy. Yeah, they shot themselves in the foot repeatedly in the first half. Like, I feel like they should have had a pretty decent lead going into halftime, but they weren't able to capitalize and make the plays that they needed to make. And I think that a lot of the game kind of flipped permanently when Jaden Daniels throws that pick in the third quarter, his star receiver Malik Neighbors falls down, and it was kind of like, okay, this is the trajectory. Florida State was just up, up, and away from there. You mentioned Keon Coleman, nine catches, 122 yards, and the three touchdowns. Jordan Travis now in year six, I repeat, year six of college football. <laughs> he was tremendous, a, a Heisman candidate for a reason. 23 of 31, 342 yards, four touchdowns, another on the ground. Did have a pick, but from the second quarter on was about as good Great. as you could ask for. And um, yep. LSU head coach Michael Brian Kelly had some very pointed words after the game, not only about his players, but his own performance as well. Take a listen. They were the better football team tonight. And, um, you know, we certainly um, are not the football team that I thought we were. Um, this is a total failure on a coaching standpoint and, and, and a player standpoint that. Um, you know, we have to obviously uh, address and we have to own, but, you know, the buck stops with me and, and I've got to get our football team to understand and recognize that, um, you know, you've, you've got to play this game for four quarters with, with a mentality um, and we just did not, for some reason, we thought we were somebody else. We thought we were the two-time national champion Georgia Bulldogs or something. I don't know what we thought, but um, we were mistaken. Brian Kelly now 3-10 and career record against AP top 10 teams after that game, Michael. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, you have to feel like the second half is all about adjustments. The second half is all about understanding where – you know, you need to go and what you, the moves you need to make. And when you get outscored 31 to, to seven in the second half, I mean, how do you come back from that? And I think Brian's got to be reflective of that and try to fix his team. We know this, you know, his secondary is going to need to improve. We talked about that yesterday on the show about how they have four young guys in the back end of their defense that they're going to have to get and grow up fairly quickly. And you give up 500 yards. I mean, look, you know, Daniels, I mean, Daniels made some plays, but we know he's going to be inconsistent. I just felt like Jordan Travis was the more consistent quarterback, mm -hmm. more accurate, made throws. And give Mike Norvell, Norvell credit. His team was ready to play, and they finished strong. Yeah, I mean, Mike Norvell, 2021, this was a team that went 5-7 and seven and lost to Jacksonville State. It's been really remarkable what they've done the last two years to put themselves back in a position of relevance. A big top five win for them yesterday to kick off this season. And we talk about the college football playoff. And I told you, like, I, I'm taking my lumps on this one, too. Not only losing that bet, yeah. but the way that I've talked about LSU and having them as my national champion this season. They're going to have to run the table moving forward if they want any hope of that because this matchup is one that's going to stick with you throughout the course of this season. As for Florida State, though, Michael, we're already seeing um, the numbers change for them in the ACC. They are now the favorite over Clemson um, with the way that these numbers have changed. Plus 125 favorite Clemson, plus 165 when before they were on very even, even playing field. They're going to play each other in a couple weeks on September 23rd, which is going to be uh, another big game. But what a name and statement that they made here to open the year. Yeah, and look, with Travis at quarterback and with May over at North Carolina, the ACC has got quarterbacks, right? One thing I think we can walk away from the weekend, and it's not over. We've got Duke to Clemson tonight. But one thing we can walk away from is the college quarterbacking is sensational. It's really good. And it's just not RPO stuff. It's really good. 
And we've got kids that are making throws. They're athletic. They can make loose plays. I mean, Travis' ability to move, make plays on the move, what he did is is somewhat impressive. And, you know, when you look at it with Caleb Williams, I mean, everybody was talking about Colorado State was going to be a sleeper. you got to watch Colorado State. And Cameron Ward just went up there and, and, you know, he showed everybody he's a legitimate quarterback as well. So there's a lot of good quarterbacks in college football this year. I'm excited for it. And speaking to that, you mentioned the Clemson-Duke game coming up tonight. We're going to get our first look at Cade Klubnik in a Garrett-Riley situation here as his new offensive coordinator with the Tigers. And they are a 13-point favorite tonight. With Florida State winning in the fashion that they did against a top-five opponent yesterday, how much more of an edge do you think this Clemson team might come out with tonight? Well, I, I think this. I, I think Clemson's got a lot to prove that they're back offensively. Dabo made the change to try to correct the problem. But here's what I'm going to I'm going to give a betting tip in the first hour. We'll give it in the second. Whatever happens tonight, don't compare Clemson to Florida State. Uh, well, they struggle to beat Duke. This means they won't be flood. Don't play that game. Do not play that game. This is a standalone game. It's the opening game. If they win 56-3, don't overreact. If it's a closer game like Ohio State-Indiana, don't overreact. These early games working the kinks out become mm-hmm. a problem. So uh, I'm excited. I'm sure Clemson is putting their new offense in place, kind of getting it going. We'll, we'll, we'll take a little bit of time, but they're so talented. And if Club Knicks as good as everybody says he is, and we're going to find out, they should move the ball fairly effectively. Yeah, and I will say, though, this is a Duke team, speaking of not taking week one, you know, too much moving forward, this is a Duke team that returns 17 starters, including their starting quarterback, yep. had their best season last year since 2018. Like, they, Mike Elko's done a really good job with that crew. So yep. this opening week, we'll see how they put things together. And plus 13 has been kind of a trendy pick I've seen from a number of sports bettors. While we're on Clemson, though, Heck of a debut at Oregon State for former Clemson quarterback DJ Uyunglele yesterday with five touchdowns. Yeah, I watched it. I mean, I was sat in the backyard. I had the TV going, you know. We should have come over. We had burgers and hot dogs, you know. It was great. And I thought he looked a little still sluggish, like not getting rid of the ball as quick as I wanted him to. But he looked improved. He looked confident. And I felt like, you know, obviously Jonathan Smith's quarterback friendly, and you could feel it the way he played. And so that's good news. I mean, think about the Pac-12 now. You know, DJ, Delora down at Arizona. You got Caleb and that young kid from Michigan, Detroit, Michigan, Moore, you know, who goes to UCLA. Unfortunately, the league's breaking up, but they got a lot of good quarterbacks in it. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't even mention Bo Nix. Yeah. You know, we haven't even had Bo Nix conversation in all this uh, talk. Michael, I kind of dismissed Bo Nix because, you know, I, I remember him from Gussie and not from where he is now. He has been a different quarterback out there at Autzen Stadium in the Oregon Ducks. 42-17, the final there for Oregon State. They win and cover the 14-and-a-half. NFL talk when we come back. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. The NFL betting guide is out now throughout this entire NFL preseason. Our VEASAN experts have been hard at work reevaluating every team to help give you at home the betting edge. Our updated guide has picks from each and every on-air host, team-specific preseason analysis, how to use VEASAN betting splits as well as football contest strategies. If you want the best and most comprehensive collection of picks, predictions, previews, now is the time to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber. You can do so for as low as $19 or save 50% off of the monthly price when you do an annual subscription subscription. Help you bet smarter all year long. Sign up today at vsin.com slash subscribe. And before we shift gears completely back to the NFL, Michael, I just wanted to wrap up that Pac-12 conversation we had a moment ago to start the show, because while we talk about how tremendous the quarterback play is going to be in that league, also good to note, a 13-0 start for the Pac-12, Michael. Every team winning their season openers for the first time since 1932. They are going out with a bang. (laughs) Wow. I didn't know that. You yeah. know, it didn't dawn on me that. They all played well. I just didn't dawn on me that usually some of these teams have been playing one another, you know, and it like Indiana opened up with Ohio State. So it kind of didn't dawn on me. That's incredible. But that they look, it's going to be fun to watch them. I mean, with Colorado, so we didn't talk about Sanders, how good he played a quarterback. I mean, there's some really good quarterbacks in this thing. Yeah, 510-yard debut for him at the Power Five, Shador Sanders and the CU Buffs. Again, we'll talk about that game plenty in a little bit when Thomas Gable joins the show as well as Mike Pritchard. But okay, let's get into the NFL. A number of burning questions throughout as we get set for each of these Week 1 games kicking off on Thursday. And uh, speaking of that Thursday game in the Kansas City Chiefs, what will the status be of their star defensive lineman, Chris Jones, who was not at any of the offseason workout program as he tries to figure out his contract extension. We know all of the things that he has said on social media, but I am of the firm belief, Michael, that it's not going to be there. He's not going to be ready week one and maybe even a little bit later. How will that impact this KC team out the jump? Oh, I think a, a tremendous impact, right? So, you know, it won't affect the line, but it affects the strategy. So if you're Ben Johnson and you've been preparing all week for Chris Jones, you're preparing for him in protection. You're preparing for okay, we want to throw this from this hash mark, but if he's over here over our right guard, you know, do we leave him on an island? No, we got to change the protection. Let's run it from the left hash. Everything that goes into the game planning is centered around the protection with Chris Jones. That's the number one thing you have to do. Without Chris Jones in the game, you're no longer setting the protection to him. You're setting the protection to how you want to move the football. It's a completely different game. I mean, the reason he's had, you know, 15 and a half sacks and 48 quarterback pressures, they're not going to duplicate that. And the question on the outside is still there that, you know, Califatis had five and a half sacks last year. They still have to get pressure. Now, we know this. Steve Spagnuolo is going to blitz and he's going to blitz a lot. He's going to try to. He's kind of always been that way. And if he tries to blitz and he leaves his corners, Watson, if he leaves Sneed or McDuffie on an island, you know, these receivers are going to make plays. And one thing we do know, Detroit likes to th- run the football to set up play action. Without Chris Jones in there, it's going to be easier to run the ball. 
Yeah, and they certainly showed off a potent offense last year, number five in the league in scoring offense. They're getting six and a half points in this opener on Thursday night football as we kick off the season. Total 54. Jones, of course, I mentioned him not being around for the offseason program, also meaning he was not at practice yesterday, which is important even though it was a Sunday. Where it would be in a regular week is about a Wednesday as you get ready for a normal game week. Yeah, that was Wednesday. Yep. Yeah, that's why I love the regular the routine because we even changed the name of the days to different days. So today's Thursday in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Today's Monday in every other city except Detroit. But today's Thursday in Detroit and Kansas City. And, and the players know it. We're going to have a Thursday. And they understand that. Okay, we're going to have, you know, pads on. We're going to do a nine on – whatever we're going to do, that's what Thursday represents. And without him out there, I, I, we're going to talk about it all week, Stormy. Weather really is going to be huge this week, right? You know, you saw it last year, unfortunately, Diana. I hate to bring this up to you, but the rain in Chicago, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, Stormy, it's against right. your 49ers, that affected the game tremendously. And heat and humidity affect the game. That's what made, you know, you know, Hunter's incredible performance with Jackson State the other day, Travis Hunter, you know, playing 100 plays in that heat and humidity. You, you, teams are going to have to rotate their defensive line. They're going to have to rotate their receivers because the humidity will be a factor. That's still unbelievable to me, by the way, because you see – TCU and their players huffing and puffing when they're coming off to the sideline. And Travis Hunter, who plays 129 snaps in that heat, hey, keep going. Yeah, keep me, put me in, coach. After the game, he's saying, oh, and no, I feel fine. keep playing well. I feel fine. And keep playing great. Yeah, <laughs> I can play great. Unbelievable. Uh, to wrap up this Chris Jones conversation, though, Dan Campbell on the other side, he said he's not worried about it, quote, until he's in the building. It's not a concern. Who does it concern? His teammate, Travis Kelsey, who put out an APB on his podcast with brother Jason over the weekend. Hear this. Oh, man, Chris, can you please come back? She's really scaring me, man. I don't I don't get it. You, you must know something that I don't know because – I just don't get it. I really want to get another Super Bowl ring with you, brother. This is me bargaining you to just come back and play football for the Chiefs. Please, we need you. Well, I just I hope you bad. And yeah, I don't I know what he, the situation is. Obviously, well, the situation is you guys aren't paying him enough, and I think you should hold off <laughs> as long as possible. <laughs> Hold out for as long as possible, Jason says. Uh, we would like to not have to face Chris Jones. That would be great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it's a hard contract to do because – we, right now, we have two holdouts of and two of the best defensive players in the league, and they're all circling around Aaron Donald, right? Chris Jones wants to get more than Aaron Donald. Bosa, who's an end, who typically they get more than tackles. Defensive ends make more than tackles. It's like tackles make more than guards. He's circling around. Mm-hmm. So and, and, and I'm surprised there hasn't been more progress on the Bosa deal. I fully expect him to be in camp. But if he's not there by Wednesday, then it becomes hard for him to play because Wednesday is Wednesday for San Francisco. Chris Jones not being here today, and we're at 1 o'clock here on the East Coast, that's a hard thing to come out off the street with no contact, no pads, and go right in the game and then play effectively for 45, 50 plays. You can't play 80 plays. What happens is if you try this, you get hurt, and then it affects your whole season. Yeah, and Michael, let's get to the Nick Bosa of it all because, I mean, listening to Kyle Shanahan for most of this offseason, he's been pretty unsurprised by the situation having to take place. Bosa entering that final fifth year of his rookie contract, the way that he has played the last two seasons coming off a defensive player of the year. Of course he wants his contract redone, and he deserves it. But now we're getting to this point with the season starting and questions looming, and even John Lynch this past week when he was asked on the radio KNBR, the Murph and Mac show, how he feels about the situation. He said he didn't like it. Concern's a relative word. Uh, I don't. I don't like the situation. You know, since since our tenure here, we haven't had a holdout uh, to anywhere towards this magnitude. So, not something I'm comfortable with. We're working uh, really hard to try to change that. Um, you know, we're in good communication with his reps. Um, it's uh, he's a special player. He's going to get a special contract. I can tell you that. Um, but. Yeah, we're getting closer and, and uh, you know, eager to, eager to bring this thing to a close. So, Michael, how worried should I be? <laughs> well, I mean, look, T.J. Watt's at $28 million, right? And we know Aaron Donald's at 31 And Aaron Donald is, with the Quinton Williams contract, he's $7 million a year more than the Quinton Williams contract, which was just done. 
So that and Donald's contract was done, I think, four years ago. So you can see the gap. Now Watt's at 28. Watt couldn't get above Donald. He couldn't get there. And so that's hard. So this contract, if you and I are sitting here, we know it's going to be more than 28. The question is, does it get to 32? Does it get to 33? You know, Donald, when he took his deal, he only took 65 million of guaranteed money. Whereas Watt got 80 million of guaranteed money. Now Watt's average per year is 28 million. Joey Bosa, his brother's at 27. Does he go to 31, 32? That's five million a year more than his brother. Miles Garrett's only at 25. These contracts are going to shake it up a little bit, right? Because these some of these guys like Max Crosby, Miles Garrett, if they get too far away from Bosa, they're going to want to redo their deal. I'm also curious because we keep on doing the kind of compare and contrast with Chris Jones and Bosa and, and Jones has been more vocal about not having a problem missing time. Is he kind of sitting and waiting? Okay, well, what's what's Bosa going to get here and can I beat that number two? Is he in that thought process exactly. potentially? Exactly. He wants Bosa to set the market because he wants to come back and say, look, Bosa got more than Donald. I had a better year than Donald inside last year. And the Chiefs are saying, well, look, you have one more year left on a deal. You have one more year left on the deal, and then we could franchise you. So the Chiefs are holding two cards. They want to play those cards. That counts the negotiation. And so the longer he holds out, you know, it, it becomes a problem. But we're, we know the range of where this is going to go. Mm-hmm. We know the guarantee. I mean, his brother got $100 million guaranteed. He got 78 fully. He got 102 in that skill and injury way. Whereas TJ got 80 fully. And total guaranteed. Yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see when these deals come down, kind of the detailing of what ends up happening there. Uh, hopefully, Nick Bosa gets on the field. Hopefully, Chris Jones does. These teams, the NFL, all better when talent like that is out there for us to see. We're going to take a quick break here. When we return, we'll talk to Thomas Gable, director of the Race and Sportsbook at the Borgata, get some more perspective on those week one games and recap the wild, wild west of college football. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Get rewarded before you ever place a bet with the G-Bank Visa Signature Card. Unlike other credit cards that decline sports betting transactions or treat them as a cash advance, the G-Bank Visa Signature Card can load directly to your favorite sportsbook apps. You'll earn a 1% cash rewards on gaming and sports app loads every time and 2% on other purchases. G-Bank Visa, a card designed for gaming and sports fans everywhere and works with apps like DraftKings, BetMGM, and Caesars. To learn more, go to g.bank slash vsin. That's g.bank slash v-s-i-n. We are rolling along here. Here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, this is the Lombardi Line alongside former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. I'm Stormy Bonantoni, and now we're going to welcome into the show, like we always do on a Monday, Thomas Gable, director of the Race and Sportsbook at the Borgata. And what a week it is, TG. We got NFL Week 1 upon us. Week 1 of college football has been wild, and it's not even over yet with Duke Clemson tonight. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, happy Labor Day to you both. Uh, and... It was a it was a great uh, weekend there for uh, for college football, and now here we go. Now now we get into the really busy season. All right, TG. The major question. I know everybody wants to talk about Colorado. Everybody wants to talk about Florida <laughs> State. But you and I yeah. both know what the major major question is. How much money did you take in on Penn State winning the national championship after that game and Drew Aller's <laughs> performance? Well, we already had liability on Penn State. Can I just say? James Franklin, I mean, my goodness, you know, him running in that touchdown there with six seconds left. He knows. He knows. Uh, Yes, (laughs) it was was so obvious. I mean, and the thing is, if you watch enough college football, you know that this happens in the college game. That that kind of thing doesn't happen in the NFL. You're just going to see a quarterback take a knee there. Uh, But in college football, you do see it happen quite a bit. And uh, so we ended up losing on that game. We, we actually got off to a very good start. Uh, I know a lot of books were complaining about how much money they had on Colorado. We, we couldn't seem to get a bet on Colorado on, on Saturday. Uh, it was all TCU money here. So that we got off to a very good start there uh, with, with Colorado winning that game outright. Um, and, listen, I get it. There's, there was a lot of hype around Colorado coming into this year because of Dion. Uh, there's obviously going to be a lot more hype 
coming in now uh, after that performance and going into the game against Nebraska uh, this weekend. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I don't want to overreact to what we saw. Yes, it was a great performance. Uh, I think you do have to adjust uh, on Colorado. Um, you should adjust if you're putting out new win totals, uh, adjust their win total, adjust their power rating. But this is still, I, this is not a team that I think is going to contend for the college national football championship. It's just, it's just not. Um, so, you know, if you want to come out and, and bet them because you liked what you saw off of one week, go ahead. But, uh, I, I wouldn't advise it. Yeah. Now, that being said, what we did see last night, and this was a team that I had circled coming into this year, was Florida State. This team, I think, is for real. Jordan Travis, uh, tremendous two-way quarterback, and then this defense for them, I think is going to be just tremendous this year. And, you know, they, they, we adjusted them 25-1, uh, to 1, now down to 12-1 to 1 to win the national championship. They're now favored to win the ACC, plus 130. Uh, this Florida State team, I know they have a big game there coming up at Clemson on the 23rd of September, but this is going to be a dangerous team this year. Yeah, that, that game coming up in a couple weeks certainly going to be a, a marquee matchup. Just a dominant, dominant late-game performance from Florida State in this one. Jordan Travis, the sixth-year player, looked like a veteran Heisman contender for a reason and uh, made my LSU play certainly not look ideal. Um, but I want to go back real briefly with the the upset of Col- that Colorado had against TCU, obviously 21-point upset, and <laughs> Deion Sanders acting like they won the national championship. I-, I love the way that you came with that. Like, let's not overreact to that. Similarly, that wasn't even the biggest upset of the weekend with Baylor getting upset from Texas State. Yeah. So you talk about having to adjust these teams. Moving ahead to next week, what were the immediate adjustments um, that you have to place as Baylor gets set now to face Utah and Colorado against Nebraska? Yeah, so Baylor's now a seven-point dog to Utah. And, and Baylor was, uh, again, you don't want to overreact for, for one week. Uh, these are teams that have to work out things and you know unlike the nfl there's no preseason here for college so you know things are going to have to get worked out as you go along so you don't want to uh overreact to to anything you saw either week zero or week one uh it but you are going to have to adjust so you did see the market there adjust with with utah and baylor uh utah now seven point favorite there and and that was a a game too that we were taking a lot of uh action on the total uh, in the Baylor game on Saturday, um, immediately we took some money to the over from from some respected betters. Uh, that got, I think, got bumped up at one point up as high as sixty one and a half, and then uh, obviously fell back down. We we started taking some more respected money there, coming buying in on the under. Uh, but obviously that game flew over. Uh, but it, it was it was interesting because we had respected people on both sides of that number there for the total in the Baylor game. TG, so let's go tonight. I mean, tonight's the Monday night. The last Monday night, we won't have football for a while. And, uh, you know, we got Clemson-Duke. Is this the catch-up game? A lot of bets have come in. I mean, I look at the boards all over. People are playing this game. It opened at 12, kind of ticked up to 13. Now it's back at 12 and a half in some shops. Where are you? Yeah, I'm still sitting at 13. Um, it, you know, very even betting here. But, again, like you said, uh, not surprised. This is, I think, going to be a, just a big handle on this game due to the fact that it's a standalone spot. Uh, you know, much like last night with uh, LSU and Florida State, uh, tremendous handle on that game because they're in a standalone game. Uh, so I expect a large handle in this one, but uh, very evenly bet game right now. Uh, you, you said it open 12, now sitting 13. You see in some spots um, 12 and a half. Uh, the total has ticked down, though, in this one. We opened total 57.5. It's now sitting at 54.5. Uh, but uh, we'll see. I mean, Clemson obviously is going to be right there in the ACC with Florida State. They're competing with them uh, to see who can win that conference. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm actually very, very excited for that game between Florida State and Clemson in a couple of weeks. 
Yeah, no doubt. September 23rd, we'll all be counting down the days till we get there. Here with Thomas Gable, director of the Race and Sportsbook at the Borgata out there in Atlantic City. This is the Lombardi line on Beeson, the sports betting network. Now, let's push it ahead to the NFL because that Thursday night game will be here before we know it as well. The Kansas City Chiefs and Detroit Lions going head to head. And all the talk has been about Chris Jones and his contract and his availability. Seems like we're all just expecting him not to play. So with that in mind, how are people from uh, coming up to the counter approaching betting this game? Yeah, so this game's still sitting six and a half. Uh, the total, 54 and a half uh, right now. Uh, open 54, and again, remember, all these week one lines have been out for months and months and months. So um, the line movement that you're going to see this week, it's with the limits really being up there and day of game, uh, but I wouldn't expect to see a ton of line movement in, in any of these games unless you see, again, somebody rolled out that we don't we weren't, weren't expecting. So uh, th- this one, again, fairly evenly bet game here at six and a half. Um, the Chiefs are obviously included in a ton of parlays for week one already. Uh, you know, some people, we've talked about this in years past, uh, they believe that there's almost a tax uh, there to bet the Chiefs that maybe their numbers inflated a little bit on the spread every week because of Mahomes and uh, it's just the success that they have had and they they haven't had a ton of regular season success ATS um, so it's always something to keep in mind uh, with betters because we we've heard it uh, the last couple years uh, with people who who bet the Chiefs almost blindly every week ATS uh, you, you don't have a really good return there on your investment. Yeah, you know, it's funny. We start talking at the beginning of the season. We tend to forget that the Chiefs, even with Chris Jones, weren't a great covering team. You know, every time you think it, and there is that adjustment. As you mentioned, there is that adjustment in terms of we know Mahomes is good. I, I, I think, actually, if you watch the Arizona preseason game, they weren't in rhythm yet. And I don't know where they're going to be defensively because he makes a huge difference. They're not going to pay him $30 million a year because he doesn't make a difference. <laughs> no, you're you're right, you're right, Michael. And you know, Detroit obviously is another team that the betters have been high on. Uh, you know, really since last year, and uh, I think we're we're going to see some uh, see really where where the Lions sit here in this game. I think this is going to tell a lot for the for Detroit and how they match up and if they can keep up with the Chiefs and, and keep this close. Uh, even if they don't come away with a victory, I, I think uh, the Lions will. If they can keep it within the touchdown here, um, it, it, it'll prove some things for Detroit. Yeah, a team with a, a lot of hype based on the way they closed out last season, TG. Thanks, as always. You're awesome. Thanks, TG. All right. Thank you, guys. Yeah, enjoy week one. Also, in terms of personnel, we did see yesterday Kadarius Tony on the practice field. Andy Reid told reporters he's good to go after the knee cleanup surgery this offseason. And uh, cornerback Legarius Sneed expected to play as well, trending up after missing all of the preseason. We're going to take a break. More Lombardi Line when we return. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so... 
there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Welcome back into the Lombardi Line. Our very own Michael Lombardi has just written his second book, Football Done Right, setting the record straight on the coaches, players, and history of the NFL. And now... For a limited time, you can get a free copy of Michael's new book when you become a VEASAN Pro annual subscriber. Sign up on a new VEASAN Pro annual subscription today using the promo code LOMBARDI and you'll get an entire year of VEASAN Pro access to our daily best bets, season prep betting guides, 24-7 video and pro tools like our exclusive betting splits as well as that, uh, that free copy of the book. Again, promo code LOMBARDI when you sign up now. VEASAN.com slash subscribe is where you can do it. And Michael, tomorrow's the big day, September 5th. How excited yep. are you? There we go. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. It, it'll be, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's fun to see it get out there. People will get the chance to read it. You get the feedback, and it'll be fun to, to listen to it all, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, Create hopefully some conversation. people enjoy it. Yeah, it'll, it'll start a lot of conversation, uh, starting with you're an idiot. <laughs> That's how <laughs> most of the conversation will start. I get that plenty on Twitter. It's fine. You know, we're used to it at this point. Uh, oh, yeah. But no, it's it'll be great. I'm, I'm really excited for you. And uh, of course, we saw the success you had with Gridiron Genius for football done right to come out. It's a, it's a really awesome time. Michael, on the show today, we've talked plenty already about Chris Jones, about Nick Bosa and the holdout situations there and potentially a developing situation with another star defensive player for the Carolina Panthers Brian Burns, who has, you know, been there in camp throughout this offseason, but a little bit of a developing situation where he did not attend team walkthroughs today. Frank Reich declined to provide details about whether the absence was related or not to his contract. Officially, um, it has been listed as a personal matter. Reich said, I do hope he's there versus Atlanta. Um, If he's not there, I'm not worried about it. Just move forward. Reich said he doesn't know if Burns will play on Sunday without a new contract. So this is this is a little bit of a departure from what we had seen and heard from Burns this offseason if he doesn't play. Yeah, I mean, look, the, these hold-ins are kind of new to me, right? I mean, if you're holding in, what are you doing? You know, and if you're not going to play, and obviously a lot of these deals are waiting for to see what the Bosa deal. I think there's a domino effect. Now, Burns isn't in the same category as Nick Bosa. We know this, but... Yeah, everybody wants to see what the market's going to be like. I, I find it interesting that, you know, teams have them sitting in. Can you find them? Will he miss a game check? Those are all key questions. Because remember, if a guy, for example, the, the, the Chiefs get a million, whatever paragraph five is on Chris Jones' contract, they get that back. When he misses the game, they don't repay that. He gets The, the right. club gets cap credit. And so I, I think that's that's somewhat important, and you'll see that uh, you, you know you'll see that if the guys miss games. But I don't know if if he is going to miss games and and does have that in his contract. Two-time Pro Bowler. This is uh, he's playing on his fifth-year rookie option. That that paycheck for every game that he missed around nine hundred thousand base salary for. For Brian Burns, $16 million. And I, I mentioned it being a departure from what we know about the situation because just last week, Brian Burns said this, Michael, no fault to anybody who's not participating, but we've got something special and I'm a big part of it, so I can't miss no time. I've just got to be here. 
Yeah, and, and we, we know that Jonathan Williams, Jonathan Taylor said the same thing, but yet he's, their actions are different, right? Yeah. So I, I don't know what to believe. And if he's injured, that's one thing. If he's holding in, that's another thing. So I, I think we got to play. Look, it's going to be a hard game, Carolina-Atlanta, as it is, right? All, all opening day games are hard. I think there's no question about that. And I think when you look at the preparation that Carolina's had going into the season, you have to question whether they're going to be ready to go in the opener in terms of, not in terms of their strategy, in terms of their overall execution. I mean, that's always a concern, and you worry about that. That's one of the things I look for in handicapping opening games is what coach gets his team ready to play in terms of the beginning of the season, and a beginning of the opening game, and I think that's going to be really critical. Yeah, a three-and-a-half-point underdog the Panthers are in this opening weekend division game at Atlanta or against Atlanta. And, uh, you know, one-way action on the under for this total 39-and-a-half, and and I wonder how much of that has to do specifically with the the Panthers' offensive side of this and the way that they struggled this preseason on the offensive line and also figuring out play-calling duties as, as Frank Reich holding on to those, it seems, despite bringing Thomas Brown to his staff, who we know is part of that Sean McVay coaching tree. Right. So let's go back. The one thing we can really only do is handicap Arthur Smith as an opening day coach in Atlanta. Now, we know Frank Wright's 0-4-1 as an opening day coach. His teams in Indianapolis don't start fast. But this is a different team with a rookie quarterback. So let's not carry A to B. Let's just leave that alone. But we can focus on Arthur Smith. And last year, he was the second best team in terms of execution and opening day. Didn't win. Got beat. The Saints came rallying back. Do you remember that game? They won 27-26 or 26-25, something like that. They had 58 rushes and completions in that game. They ran 71 offensive plays in that game. What do those two numbers tell us? Those tell us that their execution was really good. Their game plan was really good. That's what we want. That's what we're looking for. That's something that you can carry from one year to the next because the preparation has been established. Now, they're a different team. We know this. They're going to have a different quarterback, Marcus Mariota, Desmond Ritter. But the one thing we do know and we can count on is Arthur Smith's teams will be ready to play. I believe that as well. I just still have so many questions about about their quarterback. And, and I know you do as well when it comes to Desmond Ritter. Yep. He has so much talent around him, but will he be able to utilize that to the fullest? And, and granted, week one, we know across the board, we saw it in college football. It's a little bit of a wild card, what we'll actually get here to start things out. Yeah. Right. So I, for me, Stormy, this is one of the five games. Or I have four right now that I've eliminated. Like, I don't want to – like, to me – I don't really want to get involved here. Well, and division games, too, are that much more tricky. Exactly. And I don't know about both quarterbacks, right? I like Bryce Young. I'm not in love with Ritter. I like the fact that they can run the ball. But Derek Brown's still a good inside player for Carolina. It's hard to run the ball on them. Plus, I know that Carolina played them really tough last year in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Should have won the game. D.J. Moore took his helmet off. They missed the extra point. And they beat them soundly in Carolina with a kind of a makeshift team. So I'm a little bit hesitant here on this game in terms of saying, okay, this is really where I want to go. It looks easy to take Atlanta, you know, and lay the points how bad Carolina looks. But I would be cautious of that because of the 4 and one I'm not going down that road. I'm not going to assume it's going to be bad again. Excellent point. And we go from, from one rookie quarterback to another, the Houston Texans. C.J. Stroud making his debut in Baltimore, taking on the Ravens. A 10-point spread in this one. The Ravens favored total 43-and-a-half. How do you anticipate the young QB getting started here on the road? Well, I think it's a tough chore, right? I think he's going to go against a team that's well-established, a team that's kind of trying to get themselves off on the right foot. Now, we know that their coverages, their units in the back end are not great, right? We understand that they will struggle to play pass defense. But they're well coached. They don't miss any points. They don't leave any points on the board. And I think it's going to be hard for C.J. Stroud to go into Baltimore with crowd noise, be under center, you know, try to execute an offense against a team that's pretty well prepared and can blitz you. 
Now, it's going to require his offensive line plays really well. You know, they're going to start J Jarrett Patterson at center. Remember, they drafted, they drafted uh, the kid from Penn State to be their starting center, and then he got hurt this summer, so they had to put him on Julian Shrugs. They had to put him on injured reserve. So you got a whole, you're going to start a completely new offensive line in there. Kendrick Green, who they just traded for for Pittsburgh, and then Shaq Mason. So they got three new players inside. And Baltimore can, has to win inside. I think that's hard for a quarterback. New center, two new guards, and you never really play under center. I think it's a tough challenge. Yeah, and conversely, with a rookie quarterback, you have a very experienced one, a former NFL MVP and Lamar Jackson on the other side guiding that offense with some new weapons that they have brought in, a group that's been pretty devoid of wide receiver talent that they feel confident in now, especially with their new offensive coordinator, Todd Monken. So you see the 10-point spread. You see the 43-and-a-half-point total here. Do you have any feel about either one of those numbers, or is this another wait-and-see for you? Well, no, I, I, I'm going to keep going through it. I, I think the way to handicap this game is to take, we know that, we know Houston will run, Houston will run defensively what San Francisco runs. So, and, you know, that's where he was in San Francisco. Not quite the Pete Carroll, but similar to the Pete Carroll scheme. So you go back through and you know the, 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 the Ravens played the Jets last year. You, you understand that. So you go through how they handled that, how they attacked it. Now, it's right. a different offense. I understand that. But it's still, you're looking for the strategy element of it. You're looking, for, do they know what they're getting? Do they know how to handle it? They opened up last year with the Jets and won 24-9. So they, they've been prepared for this, and they kind of will have continuity. I would be surprised if Baltimore's offense didn't play well. Yeah, and it's still early in the week, so we're going to go through all of these games as we get closer, find out more information from practices. But one thing I'm really excited to get from you, not only this week but throughout the season, is you're so good at analyzing coordinator matchups and schemes and how teams go up against one another from that mental standpoint. So we'll get into that when we return. It's hour two of the Lombardi line. We got Step Into My Office coming up next. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.